0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up, everybody? This is Andy Neal, and you're listening to the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking that wants to get to know the hiker behind the trekking pole that you know ask hikers hey how has hiking changed you and how are you changing the world around you the one that is encouraging everyone to get outdoors and reminding you that outdoors and hiking is for everyone that's right this is the hiker podcast hope you all are having a great beginning of your may this is being recorded on the last day of april so recording a little late today, I know some of you are like, well, I woke up on Friday morning and there's no hiker podcast. I know my week just got away from me. My goodness. I was planning on doing an ask me anything episode this week. I already have a bunch of other episodes recorded, but I wanted to do this this week. And it just, my week got away from me, but thank you for listening. And thank you to our sponsors. Of course, Knock Outdoors, makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles. My favorite trekking poles. If you want 10% off, guess what? Go to the link in the bio or just put Hiker Podcast in the promotional code when you check out. Get 10% off those amazing carbon fiber cork trekking poles along with all the other amazing products they have. Also, CS Instant Coffee. Thanks for sponsoring us. The best instant coffee on the trail or in the outdoors or anywhere, really. I've had them all. It really is the best. Thank you. CS instant coffee for being an amazing and being a sponsor of the hiker podcast. If you'd like to help out the show, click on the link in the description this episode, and you can get yourself some CS instant coffee. Also, thank you to our Patreons. I, I can't say no good things, about our Patreons. Uh, Patreon is a program where if you like what I'm doing, you can uh, sponsor um, tip. I don't even know how to describe it. This me in, in the show. And uh, it, it helps us out. There's, there's rewards which uh, I just sent out the first round of rewards this week. I was super excited. And I just want to thank uh, our, our Patreons, Chad, Alistair, Stephanie, Mike, Danielle, Cade, Daniel, Danielle, Ren, Jacob, Tommy, and Deb for just helping out and you know and doing what you do. It does help the show out a lot. It helps me out a lot. So I can spend a little more time doing this each week. If you'd like to know how to become a Patreon, just go to the link in the description of this episode or go to hikerpodcast.com we have the link there too. Hikerpodcast.com is where we have all the different ways to listen. Some most, some, not all, they're not all there. They're not, uh, I wish they were, they, they just aren't because there's just so many different ways to listen to the hiker podcast. I can't even keep up like with different podcast providers are always adding us. And I'm just super thankful for that. So there's like five on there. Um, you can go on to the Apple one and leave an Apple podcast review. Apple is still the king of podcasts and that helps us out a lot with uh, search engine optimization, also known as SEO. Some of you in the techie techie world may know that. And, uh, yeah, so just thank you all. And I, I just want to do a, a big heartfelt thank you to the entire hiking and outdoor community for being so freaking awesome to me. Uh, you guys are an amazing community. And uh, I just can't say enough good things. So thank you so much. This week is an ask me anything episode. Uh, I just went online and said, hey, ask me anything. And you guys did. So we're just going to kind of get right into it. I have a bunch of questions. I have a, like some general. There's a lot of common questions I get. One being about gear and, and plus size clothing, which I will talk about um, here in just a second. But I just then, so I'm going to kind of just lump all those into one that I'm going to address at once. Um, address it. That's not so official. I'm gonna address those once. No, I'm gonna talk about it once. Just kind of address everyone's questions regarding those particular things, and then go from there. Um, I know a lot of you guys ask me so many questions online, and I just I like being able to do this. Um, so you guys get to know me because you guys have been so awesome to me, and I, I feel like there's this relationship here. And, and I just I, I don't know. I just feel like the right thing to do. Just do not ask me anything this week. So I, I decided to do it. Anywho, um, let's get right into it. First question I, I got, and it's kind of, you know, in line with, with what I just went through. I went through all my sponsors. Um, how do I choose sponsors? So my thing with sponsors, and I've talked about this a little bit, is I get, and I think anyone with a, a, a halfway decent social media following gets emails and DMs like weekly and daily saying, hey, we're a new company. We'd love for you to sponsor us. And, you know, we'd love for you to, we'll give you this free stuff if you post up for us three times a week and don't let it, I mean, it's just the, the crazy amount of things that, that we get and stuff that has nothing to do with our platform or the outdoors. And it's, it's, it's crazy and insane. So, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, it, it's. People are trying to get into use influencer marketing and, um, Darwin on his Darwin and Einstein, no, it was just Darwin and Einstein was the next week, but both who have been on the show, by the way. Um, but Darwin did an episode of the outdoor evolution podcast where he talked about the outdoor industry and influencers. It was really, really good. And what his stance on it was. And I, I have a little bit of a different, a different stance as far as, you know, what, what I do, but totally respect him for what he does and what he does is awesome. And I totally get it. Um, but as far as me picking out sponsors or, or not even sponsors, people who want to support me, my particular, um, platform on Instagram, I do have a a decent Instagram following. You can follow me at Andy films and hikes. Um, but for me, one of the, the biggest things is, is it a company organization I already use? That's huge for me. And so far I've been able to, to keep that up. Um, and that's just, that's integrity for me. Because I have so many organizations and companies that, that want to sponsor the Hiker Podcast or sponsor me or have me do promoted posts on my Instagram or the Hiker Podcast Instagram or both. And it's like, hey, come and use this particular bear bag, for instance. Well, I don't, I've never used that bear bag. I look at the specs, it doesn't sound very appealing to me. I use Bear Vault. I've always used Bear Vault. I'm going to continue to use Bear Vault um, for particular reasons. Now, when Bear Vault comes to me and says, hey, we'd like to sponsor an entire episode. And yeah, I I was like totally down, totally did it. And it was a great episode. And it was really informative and educational for everybody. I learned a ton of stuff. So that, that's a huge thing for me is, is the organization, company, product, something I already use. And so far, I've been able to keep up with that. I even have, you know, I, I have some new stuff coming out here pretty soon uh, Instagram wise on my personal Instagram where companies have come and asked me to sponsor. I'm like, yeah, I actually already use that. Um, it was pretty cool. There was one, there was one time where, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen me talk about this online, uh, epic, um, bars, which are these like kind of like beef jerky bars, but they're like bars. They're not like beef jerky, like meat bars, essentially. I love them on the trail. I know a lot of you guys do too. I just give you a good amount of protein, which I, I'm always, try, you know, it's hard to get protein on the trail sometimes because all oh, everything's I got so much sugar and preservatives in it. Epic bar had came to me. They had known that I, I love their stuff. And that I was just, I, I, every time I went camping, hiking, anything, I mean, just for lunch when I'm working on a job site as far, you know, working on a crew or whatever, I always had Epic bars when I was in Boston, on a, a network shoot I carried those with me cuz sometimes you know the crafty table I don't I'm not able to get like all the, the food I need being someone who has celiac disease and can't have gluten. So they're like, "Hey, yeah, we'd love for you to sponsor this and you know actually partner with this local um organic food co-op who sells them where I get them from." I'm like, "Uh, yeah." And they're like, "Have you have you heard of our product?" I'm like, "Um, not only have I heard of it, I love it." And so that that was the situation I was like, "Yes, absolutely." And it was really cool because uh, they said, okay, go ahead and buy all that you need for your shoot. And then, you know, sh- shoot, you know, a hundred pictures or whatever, send us all of them. And we pick two and then create a story uh, on your Instagram and then post it and we'll pay you X amount of dollars. And it was great. It was a great situation. It was really, really good for me. And uh, yeah, that happens. And sometimes I get paid a lot of times, most of the time, the vast majority of the time I get, I get paid in money. And, you know, if it's on my personal Instagram I use that for personal stuff. If it's Tiger Podcast, I put that back into the show. Back into I have. I'm sorry, my dog is barking outside. My apologies. I have some new design stuff. I'm, I'm, I put some money into that sort of thing. So yeah, um, there are there are a few. There is one I'm doing here where I'm getting product, but it's for a product I believe in. One and two, it is a it's stuff I would already be spending money on because I already used a product, and I was very clear with them about my my integrity as far as, you know, I already use you guys. I like you guys. Um, If this goes any further, we're going to have to renegotiate, you know, what we're doing as far as I, you know, I can't use this product to pay my rent. Uh, Actually, I don't have rent, my mortgage. So, but you you know, so that's kind of my thing. Uh, My biggest thing is, do I use this product now? Is that going to change in the future? Maybe there's some new innovative thing that comes out and someone comes to me and said, Hey, we want you to, Use this. I'm, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping it's a situation where it's like, okay, there's this new innovative thing. Send me your product. Let me use it for a month. And then I'll decide. And then that's kind of my thing because I want to make sure whatever I'm putting out to my followers, um, whatever I'm putting out to my listeners is legit stuff. Like CS Instant Coffee, which I was using before. Like anything from Kanoak Outdoors, which I was, I've was i been using for, you know, well over two years before they became, not quite two years year and a half before they became a sponsor of the hiker podcast. So that's, that just is my big thing. Um, so yeah, next question is how do I pick my guests for the hiker podcast? Um, it just, it's, it's, I don't have a particular metric and see the guest thing is it's weird because I like Instagram, uh, in influencer marketing requests and you know, that sort of thing. I get a lot of requests. The problem is much like my Instagram influencer marketing stuff is that a lot of the requests I get are for people who really have nothing to do with hiking or the outdoors. It's more of a, Hey, this person's writing a book and they love the outdoors. Why don't you have them on your show? And it's generally either from the author who the publisher is making them do to save money making them do their author of a book. Um, making them do their own marketing push, or it's a marketing agent from a publisher. And so I'll start asking questions. Okay, so how are they connected to the hiking community? How much hiking have they done? Um, what are they doing in the outdoor community? And it's, it generally comes back, well, they love the outdoors and they're, 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 their story is great about overcoming obstacles. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But what does this have to do with hiking in the outdoors? How does it, how does it you know, Benefit my listeners with their story, or is it a an expert? Is this person an expert in um you know public lands? Is this person an expert in fire safety? Is this person an expert in you know gear setup and purchasing? You know that sort of thing. I get a lot of those, and it's it, it's it's super frustrating, but I get it. People kind of do a shotgun approach; they just kind of put it out there as much as they can. Whatever sticks, you know, throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Um, so I get it. I, I, I totally understand. Um, but ultimately, I, two, they're, they're, you'll generally find two or three types of people, not types of people, that sounds horrible, um, three types of guests I have on the show. Uh, one is people just are hikers, whether they are Instagram famous or hiker celebrities or just great hikers who I've gotten to know through social media generally, especially during the pandemic. And I say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm seeing what you're posting. Uh, I'm seeing what you're posting on your stories and, and, and and all that stuff. I think you'd be great on the hiker podcast. You have obviously have a great story to tell. And I just want, I want other people to hear your story. Um, yeah. And so that's, that is, you know, a lot of how I I just, I I pick people out. I'm like, Hey, I'd like you on the show. I'd like, i like, I'd like to hear your story. Um, and I get a lot of people who are like, "Why do you always have just hiker celebrities?" I don't. I really don't. If you look at um, the archive of the Hiker Podcast, it's a lot. It's a lot of both. Um, I mean, I do have I do skew a lot towards through hiking just because through hikers are you generally the most excited about hiking, and for a lot of through hikers, it started as day hiking or, you know, hiking and camping with their parents and they got into backpacking and then they got into through hiking. And so they have this, you know, you know, all these stories to tell, but lately I've been really kind of moving not away from through hikers. I'll have through hikers on here forever, but, you know, getting a lot more day hikers or experts or outdoor people on talking about different things. Um, and that's just, that, that's my thing. I, I want all voices to be heard on the show. From all backgrounds, because hiking is for everyone. So uh, there, there there's, those, there's those those people I have on the show. There's the the experts I have on the show, um, who you know, fire safety, you know, food safety, people who are really are going to educate listeners on. Just really on, on, on things that they may not know. Cause there's a lot of, I have a lot of new hikers listening to this podcast, which is the intention of this podcast. The original, um, idea and concept behind this podcast is me, Andy, a new hiker talking to people in the outdoor and hiking community, finding out how hiking has changed them, how they in turn have changed the world around them. And so I, I want to educate, you know, I want to inform, I want to educate, Um, As many people as possible And also I want to entertain So sometimes, you know um, With Ashley Manning uh, We had on last week Though she has She does have an amazing story And we got into that I just liked having a conversation So someone who's just gonna Be kind of a good co-host And we can talk about Like plus size issues In the hiking community Hiking and outdoor community Last week's episode Was the first one That was really more I mean, they're always Very conversational But it was a lot more Conversational than usual And we're gonna have Some more of those Coming up soon so I don't have a, a definite metric as far as, you know, how do I choose guests? It just kind of happens. Um, a lot of times, you know, I, I do have people reach out to me. I've had, I've had, um, you know, like Christine, Christina Reed, you know, she reached out to me. She's like, hey, I wrote this book. I read the book. I'm like, wow, amazing book. You have, I, you know, you have an amazing, you know, your stories you're telling on Instagram. I'd love to have you on the show. And she was an amazing guest, you know. But she's also, you know, that was a book about hiking, <laughs> not a book about, you know, Volkswagen repair or whatever. <laughs> so, anywho, so that's that's how I choose my guests. And if you ever know someone who you think would be a good guest on the show, send them my way. I may or I may or not may or may not be able to have them on the show, and that's okay. But I love to hear about different kinds of people, people from all backgrounds, because you know, hiking in the outdoors is for everyone. Next question I got. Uh, would I ever consider having a co-host on the show. Oh goodness. So little background. I've been doing podcasting in general for goodness. It's 2011. So eight years, seven years, eight years, eight years. So since 2013, 2013, I started this podcast Called The d which was all about Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and, of course, Star Wars. If you don't know me, I am a Disney and movie film fanatic. I'm with the film school. I love Disney. I mean, I just love it, and I always have. Started this podcast. It got kind of big. Um, the problem is there was a lot of Disney podcasts, and though we got big. There just wasn't a whole lot of money in it, which you don't do it for the money. And I'm not doing any of this for the money. I want to make that clear. But it was hard to be sustainable. And... um did it for a long time until I was finally like, you know, I just, this, this isn't my passion anymore as far as, you know, what I want to be talking about every week on a podcast. But, um, with that, I, I did have quite a few co-hosts, you know, we, I went through a lot, a lot of co-hosts and went through times where the show went on hiatus for a long time and I got came back with a new co-host. My thing with a co-host is in nothing against, you know, any co-host, but because of my schedule, because I, now, you know, now I'm working in the entertainment and, and media industry where my schedule gets a little crazy. Where I, I one days every day is different. Every week is different. Um, and before that, I, you know, I was going to film school and I was doing, you know, crazy stuff. You know, I was, I was a minister for several years during that time. So my schedule was always Crazy. But also now, and I don't, I, I talk about this a little bit. I have, I have um, two kids with special needs who, um, have have things that we have to deal with as as a family, as parents. So I have two kids with special needs, and you know, there's there's counselor appointments, there's doctors appointments, there's skills trainers appointments, there's um, workers appointments, there's caseworker appointments. Um, all three of my kids are adopted from foster care. My two oldest do have special needs, and so, you know, there's. IEP meetings, there's so much stuff And, and they there's just Dealing with with their needs and behaviors And and, and, and things Incidents that happen uh, With that My schedule gets Crazy, so trying To Schedule a consistent time With a co-host I found, and one of the reasons why I left the DCAST Is just hard It's very difficult for me um I schedule recording with guests at whatever time I can that's convenient. I mean there's times where I've gotten up at 4 3 in the morning and record at 5 because I'm recording with someone on the East Coast and it's eight o'clock there, which works out because the kids are all asleep. So I I I maybe a guest co-host one day in the future um comes on. We just do a guest co-host thing, but I just I, I, I know because of my schedule and my family needs and situation that it's just not an ideal situation for anyone to um have to deal with my schedule and that was a big issue with me recording the Decast. you know the, when i left when i left the Decast, and they became a different a different they re, they renamed and rebranded a little bit um there was one two three four other co-hosts and that's when i decided to step back and leave um because I just, I couldn't, I like, it was like, no, it can't be on this week, guys. No, can't be on this week, guys. You know, my my kids got this, like, I was, or I was going to be on. It's like, no, my kid has to, have, you know, this happened. I have to take them here. I have to take them there. Whereas if it's just me, you know, it's 12 in the morning. I've already, record, you know, I've recorded six interviews, you know, 12 in the morning. <laughs> um, 12.30 in the morning. How about that? Um, I can go ahead and record the intros and outros and do all this stuff and get that get it out and going. Where I can't, if I have a co-host. And that's really the thinking behind me having a co-host. I'm not against having a co-host. I've had some amazing co-hosts as a podcaster, but I also know I'm very, because of my family and work situation, I'm very difficult to work with. Just going to say it. And I'm picky. I'm also besides my scheduling. I'm also very difficult to work with. (laughs) I know that uh, because I'm, I'm I'm very picky about what I want on a podcast about audio quality, that sort of thing. So that's, that's my answer on that brutally honest Uh, With you all because, uh, yeah, I feel I need to be that way. Which leads us to some of our next questions. This question is from one of our Patreons. Um, It asks, hike your own hike. What does it mean to you? And is it possible to say in a positive manner that encourages people rather than telling someone off? So if you don't know, in the hiking community, especially in the through hiking community, there's this ideal idea of hike your own hike, which basically means, you know, you do your thing. I do mine. Cause there's a lot of in the hiking, especially through hiking community. From what I've gathered this idea of, you know, Oh, you need to do things this way. You need to have that pack way. You need to do this and that. And people will often respond, you know, I do my thing. You do yours, hike your own hike. And so what the the person asking the question is, is there a way to say it without sounding and being condescending? you know, someone's giving you some advice and you say, no, just hike your own hike, man, you know, do whatever. Um, hike your own hike, I think is an important concept for, for hikers because I, I, I cling to that because like, for instance, I am never going to be a UL guy, an ultralight hiker guy. Um, there's some creature comforts that I need to bring on the trail with me. Just that's the way it is. When I hike the Tahoe Rim Trail, there's some things, you know, I'm looking for somehow I some sort of chair. It needs to be an ultralight chair, but, most ultralight people are not going to be carrying chairs with them. I want some sort of chair. Uh, it might end up being just being my bear canister. Probably will be my bear canister, actually. But, you know, I want a place to sit in my butt. Um. So I think there's definitely, but to get back to the question, I think there's definitely a way to encourage people. You know, people are, are maybe talking about their hike or they're on their hike and they're talking about what they're going through. And I like to use it as a positive. I like to be like, hey, you know, man, you're doing your thing. Hike your own hike, man. Do your thing. You know, you go, girl, do what you got to do. Hike your own hike. Um, whatever it is. I, I it, it seems it, that phrase does seem to be used as a comeback to people who are giving you or a person, a hiker, unwanted feedback or criticism. So is there a way I use it as encouragement? You know, people are like, oh, I don't know, but I know a lot of hikers don't do this. And I say, you know, hike your own hike. This, this, this hike's for you. This hike isn't for anyone else. Um, so I use it as a an admonishment, like, Hey, you know what? You do your thing, hike your own hike, do what you gotta do. If you, you know, if you need to skip this section, it's cool. It's your hike. It's no one else's who cares if you, if you're on the PCT and you want to skip Sierras because it's just too risky for you and you're not going to enjoy it. You, you've still hiked 2000 miles. You skipped a section, big whoop, you know, hike your own hike. It's all good. So I think there's definitely ways to, um, to admonish people with it so thanks for that Question next question gets into Clothing And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll Address this one and I'll address some other Clothing questions I got What brand of hiking boot would you recommend For a fat guy who normally wears a 13 Wide shoe okay so In in the plus size hiking community a lot Of uh, my fellow plus size hikers Like to wear boots Reason for that is um, Being bigger Um like having that extra support on our feet, uh, for the extra, for, you know, for, you know, our ankles and that sort of thing. And I totally get it. And I, I've actually, I actually enjoyed that too. I don't hike with a hiking boot. I have a pair of hiking boots. Okay. During the spring, summer, and fall seasons, I do not hike in a hiking boot in the winter. I do, um, uh, because of things like snow and, you know, mud and water and that sort of thing. But I also don't, in the winter, I don't go more than two or three miles at a time. I just don't, whether I'm hiking or I'm snowshoeing. So with that said, though, I I don't normally use a hiking boot. I have a pair. I can't tell you what exactly they are because I just got a new, not a new pair, uh, a pair from the REI Garage Sale. Um, But uh, they're a pair of Merrells. But with that said, uh, Merrells are amazing. And there's a pair, there's a hiking boot specifically made for plus size hikers. Um, The Unlikely Hikers boot from Merrill, it comes in all sizes wide as well, Um, has the ankle support. And I would highly suggest that. I haven't tried it, but I have tried Merrill hiking boots, so I know they're good for me. I want to explain why I don't normally use a hiking boot. Uh, I have sciatica. I, as a child, as age 10, I had a spinal injury and then I've had some car accidents. So I, I get, I get, um, sciatica which is is nerve pain through the back that shoots down the foot and so my sciatica kicks up when I'm wearing heavy boots, especially I'm wearing heavy boots or shoes and then I go hike 10 miles it's like ugh that extra weight What I've had to do personally is I wear trail runners, but I have glass ankles I need that extra support I do so I have very very intentionally began to do ankle exercises that I learned. Getting up on a curb, lifting your heels, that sort of thing. And then also, I carry with me, and a lot of times I wear, ankle braces. Um, I've gotten to the point where I don't really need to wear them anymore. I still carry them in my pack. They're light. It's not a problem. But all last summer, I was wearing ankle... I would put on, I would do the ankle exercises. I'd put on ankle braces, hike, take them off, do the exercises again. There's a few different rolling exercises and lifting your heel exercises I would do. By the end of summer, by fall, my ankles were strengthened a ton which I, I'm i actually amazed how strong my ankles are now. Um, but because of my sciatica, the extra weight on my feet, a boot just really, it really kicks it up. It fires up quite a bit. So I wear trail runners normally. But if you're wanting a boot, I highly suggest anything from Merrill, especially the Merrill Unlikely Hikers. Um, Jenny Brusso and Unlikely Hikers had that collab with Merrill. Amazing. I'm going to get a pair. It's my next boot probably for this winter. I'm getting a pair. Um, Super looking forward to it. But they have them in wide sizes as well. And they're specifically tailored for larger size hikers who want that extra support on their ankles and feet. So I would suggest getting that. Um, Yeah. So tell them Andy from the Hiker Podcast sent you. I don't know if that's a thing or not. But anywho, thank you for the question. Next up, we're going to turn over to Instagram for uh, questions here. Let me go ahead and open up the little tab I got going on here. Oh, so many questions. I'm gonna start knocking these out for the sake of time. What does your perfect hike look like? I don't know if I have a perfect hike for me. Oh no, I do. Waterfalls. As far as a day hike goes, waterfalls. I hike to a waterfall. I mean, views are great. I love, I do a lot of, you know, peaks and buttes and overlooks, but waterfall, any clean, pristine trail that has a waterfall at the end perfect for me um outside of leave no trace what do you see as an opportunity for the hiking community to come together to do good uh i think inclusion i think that's the biggest thing the hiking community can come together for good right now is inclusion that that the outdoors is for everyone that hiking is for everyone and i've had such amazing benefits physically and mental health wise emotionally spiritually from hiking that I want everyone to have the opportunity if they want to to experience it and no one to feel like they are they can't because of whatever because of their size because of their gender gender identity because of their sexual orientation because of their race nationality uh, national origin no I, I don't want there to be any hindrances socioeconomic that's a big one as well um I don't want there to be any hindrances to people who want to get in the outdoors to experience the benefits and healing of, uh, of the outdoors and hiking. So that's, I think that's one thing that we as a hiking community can do. I'm working on some stuff right now to just to help promote and encourage people with that, that hiking is for everyone. So yeah, hiking is for everyone and everybody. I, I, that's the big thing. I think we can all continue to come together and really encourage other people to get out there and, and get on the trail or get in the outdoors. And if it's not hiking, you know, rafting, Camp camping, just being out in the outdoors, whatever it is. So um next question. What have you found the most underrated? What have you found is the most underrated and what is the most overrated hiking gear trend cliche? And or what has surprised you what has surprised you by living up to the hype? Um, I don't know if there's any overrated necessarily i think there are things that are really trendy that people try to do and it's really hard that thing i think is ultralight um a lot of people like ultralight and that's great but i think a lot of people are trying to do ultralight and they end up spending a lot of money and they don't need to um but if that's your thing that's your thing i just think with, with with especially you know youtube and instagram like oh we gotta do you we gotta do ultralight and you know if you're doing fkts and you're you're, you're out you know doing that kind of thing you, you want ultralight that's what you want I just think there's a lot of hikers who, you know, they're 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 counting grams, and it's like you don't you don't need to be, um, because that th- you're not doing that kind of hiking necessarily. So, I think that's one of the most overhyped trends. I almost overhyped because I, it's good, you know, it's good to to have a lighter footprint, but you know, you, you end up spending more money. Um, so, yeah, that's that's um most underrated. Most underrated uh, trend in the hiking community. I don't really necessarily, I'm trying to think of something that's underrated. Like, oh, everyone should be doing this and no one's doing this. Um, goodness. I'm trying to think. Oh, that's a really good question. Really great question. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but if I do in the process of this, I will come back to that question. Um, your go-to place. Next question. Your go-to place when you want to get away for a day. I'm not telling you because I don't want other people. No. Um, I'm actually not. Oh, well, I mean. It's a water, any any type of waterfall. Um, no, okay, here we go. My go-to place that really depends. If it's for an entire day, I have I have, you know, a nine nine to five to myself. Kids are in school. Hopefully they all go back to school soon. Um, that sort of thing. It's the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument here in Southern Oregon. So much beauty and biodiversity out there. And yeah, that's that's my go-to. I will go out there and I will. Enjoy my time So yeah Cascade Siskiyou National Monument For me Is my go-to If I just have a few hours uh, Here in Ashland I will Go to Lithia Park Which is a beautiful park With all kinds of hiking trails And network of hiking trails In it Has Lithia Or Ashland Creek Running right through it Beautiful I will Just walk through there You know A lot of times Working in the film industry Or, or media industry We'll get long lunches Between company moves And so I'll have like Two or three hours I have to be in Ashland So you know I get up I'm on set at 6, you know, and it's like, okay, we're going to break for lunch for three hours and then get back, you know, back on the set at 2, and then we're going to work till 6 again. But we had this huge, huge break. Uh, I'll go to Lithia Park. I'll get some pizza from Martoli's, and I'll sit, and I'll listen to the birds chirp. I'll take a nap along the creek. Beautiful. Love it. So that is my my go-to for getting away. Craziest wildlife encounter on the trail. Okay, so lots of deer. I've had close encounters with some aggressive deer, um, raccoons. You know, I've had, I had an owl circle me once were a little too long and kind of started swooping down, scaring the crap out of me. Uh, craziest story I would say though, is time my son and I were hiking along the Upper Rogue River Trail. Uh, it was a seven mile out and back. We were on the back part of it, right along the river. And the last part of this trail is right along behind Union Creek or not Union Creek. This was, uh, other, other, other end of that. Um, this was towards, um. Natural Bridge, if you know the area, some of you guys are like, "What are you talking about?" And there's a there's a campsite near there, and so several times on the Upper Rogue River Trail between um, these two points, the Rogue Gorge and and Natural Bridge, there's there's a lot you know day camping sites that you just kind of go behind, and so we're the last you know mile before we get to back to our car, and we're getting to areas where there's a lot of campsites. You just kind of the trail just runs right. Like behind them. So we're hiking, we're going, we're we're actually pushing a little bit because we need to get back to the car, we need to get back home. And all of a sudden, I hear doosh poof, and I look, and there's this huge cloud of dust, and I see a bear butt running in the opposite direction towards the campsite. (laughs) And what had happened was we were hiking, and there was a black bear up in the tree, and they were up in the tree, the branch broke, and they fell, and you heard a thump. Do-doom, 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 do-doom. And it scared the crap out of us Because it was probably about 20 yards behind No, nah, I think it was closer than that Like 10 yards behind us And so there was a bear up in the tree Behind the campsite, scoping out campsites um, A lot of these campsites People do not practice even though trace and not practice good bear Food, you know, practices For lack of a better term that I can't think of And um, so the bear's Out in the campsite, you know, looking for food and they're up in the tree kind of scoping things out and the branch broke and they thump. And the thing is they ran towards the campsite, which I was like, didn't hear any screaming, which is always, um, I guess a positive probably. So yeah, uh, that's my, my craziest, you know, I've had some, you know, like I said, the other one was the owl. The owl was kind of freaky. I uh, had one time I was hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail, actually, uh, between Hobart Bluff and, um, was it 66? I think it was 66. Um, up in the cascade Siski National Monument outside of um the um, soda Mountain wilderness and that was that, that owl just kept circling us I think she had some eggs or something she was protecting she started swooping down a little bit me and my son it was freaky and like she like was circling us for like a mile it was that was like it was a big owl like I mean you you guys you guys know owls are big so um do you have any hiking goals or bucket list a certain peak a number of miles in a day um now certain miles in a day. Uh, of course, I'll talk a little bit about this. I have the uh, my first through hike this summer with my dad, the Tahoe Rim Trail coming up here. So that's a huge goal. Me, the biggest goal, and I've talked about this a lot on my Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Andy Films and Hikes. You know, just random plug there. Um, Mount McLaughlin here in southern Oregon. It's uh, over nine thousand feet. It's a like a forty-two foot, forty-two hundred foot in um, elevation gain the mountain overlooks Southern Oregon, the rogue Valley. And it just mocks me. I was going to do it last summer, but then with the fires and everything, I wasn't able to do it. And it's, it's, it's just that peak that, you know, when I first got to Southern Oregon, everyone's like, Oh, I'm going to go climb McLaughlin," And you all know, these really fit outdoorsy people doing it. And I'm like, I'll never be able to do that. And then also you have here in Southern Oregon, you have the table rocks. And I'd hear people say, Oh, I'm going to hike the table rocks. and That's only, you know, 800, 900 feet of elevation gain. And as a, you know, as a, fat, as a fat guy, I think I can never do that. I did it once. I was like huffing and puffing, you know, early years and years ago, never doing it again. I just can't do it. I'm not, I'm not made for hiking. And so as time has gone on here, I've, I've knocked out every, every peak and elevation, you know, gain in Southern Oregon, you know, Wagner Butte, um, Soda Mountain, the Table Rocks, all these different peaks and overlooks, um, I've knocked out except for Mount McLaughlin. Um, I've done everything, the high all the highest stuff in Southern Oregon except for Mount McLaughlin. Mount McLaughlin is my Everest in the summer. I'm not sure when. Uh I gotta look at this the snowmelt situation. Um, I that's my goal. If if I end up not for whatever reason being able to hike the Tahoe Rim Trail or failing for whatever reason, I'll be fine as long as I can summit Mount McLaughlin this summer. That's that's my goal is Mount McLaughlin. So that's my goal, yeah. Uh, what is your typical pack weight for an overnight with video gear included? You and I are about the same build. Um, yada, yada, yada. How many miles do you usually hike do for an overnight? Um, no, I mean, I've only actually, <laughs> if you listen to earlier episodes, I've only actually done one overnight backpacking trip. That's changing here very soon. Um, so, but pack weight, I I I did not start looking at pack weight until, honestly, I have never measured my pack weight. Until a few weeks ago, when I got my new my new pack and I was beginning to train for the Tahoe Rim Trail, um, I loaded it up all the way to 35 pounds with video gear. So that's what I do to answer that question. Before that, I have never, I have never measured my weight. Never have never weighed my gear, my pack. I started doing it now because I want to. I'm training my body, so like I'll have my my, my big old pack, um, and I on a day hike I have it loaded down 35 pounds that's the max weight that my particular pack can take and yeah it's only because I'm training for the Tahoe Rim Trail so you know I, when I do that I have you know six liters of water on me maybe I go ahead and throw the tent in there even though I don't need it and then I have I'll have both cameras on my pack so that's what I do um that's changing I'm getting you know, I'm getting ready to backpack up in the Cascade National Monument here in a few weeks. I got some other overnights. I got some multi-nights coming up, of course, Tahoe Rim Trail. Um, But, yeah, so I I don't worry too much about weight. I'm I'm just trying to train my body. Now, when I get on the Tahoe Rim Trail, for instance, I'm going to try to reduce my weight, not going ultra light, but try to reduce my weight as much as possible because, you know, you're on the trail for two weeks. Um, You don't want all that extra unnecessary weight. So, yeah. Uh, What are your biggest challenges when hiking? My biggest challenge is when hiking. Gosh. Oh, wow. Biggest challenges when hiking. I, th- I, I think it's just motivation. Sometimes when you're going up a, pe- a peak or, or a high elevation, you're like, oh, I could just turn back, and that's changing. Oh, um, well, here's a huge challenge I had: night hiking. I had never h- night hiked before. Did it for the first time Easter morning. It was more of a morning. I wanted to get up to the top of the Table Rocks, you know, before sunrise. Which meant getting a trailhead at 4:30 in the morning. You know, and then it meant hiking for an hour and a half in the dark. Scared to death of that. That was a challenge for me. Especially because I trip a lot. I didn't trip the whole time. I was super happy with myself. So yeah, um, that's that's been a huge challenge for me. Um, what backpack do you use for overnights? So hold on one second here. second. I'm gonna get you the right answer for this. I'll make sure I'm saying it all right. I just got a new pack. It is. It be, that's why I use right. my day pack like right now because, like I said before, um, that's right. Like I said before, um, I'm train. I'm, I'm using my my backpacking pack for um, day hikes to train my body, you know, to, to, you know, shakedown hikes, that sort of thing. It's the Osprey expo 58. Uh, I got that at the recommendation of my good friend, Corey, um, from second chance hiker. i let you guys know his, his story in his, his YouTube page. I asked him, so what, we have similar builds. I said, what hike, what, what pack did you use? And he's like, Osprey expo 58. And a lot of people maybe listening who are plus-size hikers be like, hey, you know, yeah, that, that, that actually fits on the shoulders. A lot of Every other Osprey pack I've tried did not fit my shoulders, right? This one has and did. I haven't fitted it at, at REI. Um, other thing, a lot of us, sorry, my dog is being crazy. A lot of other things that hikers deal with is the fact that um, plus-size hikers deal with is the hip belt. Osprey, if you did not know this, if you um, – you fill out a gear request form on Osprey a Gear Repair form. Tell them you need a hip belt extender. You tell, and then you take a picture of um, my dog. I am so sorry. You take a picture of your hip belt and you give them the make and model, and then you give them a little serial number, and you tell them how many, how, how much, how big you need it. Um, the hip belt actually on this one barely fit me, but it was tight, but it fit. And I got it to snap, so I am like, okay, that's good. But I wanted a little extra room. I didn't, I didn't want there to, you know. I didn't want it to be like suck it in clip. Okay, now we're good. Um, so I I said hey just, you know six inches would be fine and they did and they sent it for me for free. So Expo fifty eight I got the uh, the extra large and uh, it's been perfect for me. I, I've loved it. I actually like it more on day hikes than just my my my, my Patagonia uh, refugio. I think it's a Patagonia refugio day pack I use. Uh, I like it better than that because it's just the way it carries the weight carries. It's just so much better on my shoulders. So. Plus it has a hip belt where the other one doesn't. I haven't started using hip belts until recently. So there is that. So I would yeah, it's a great pack. With any gear, shoes, anything, hike your own hike <laughs> and uh use what works for you. What works for me may not work for you. I talked about that last week with um with Ashley Manning on the show. You know, there are things for her as a plus-size hiker that work for her that wouldn't work for me, and vice versa. So, you know, do you find out what works for you and do what works for you. So, all right. Got a few more questions here. I know it's been long winded, but you guys have been awesome. I'm assuming you've been awesome. Maybe you've turned me off. I don't know. Um, what is the best way to introduce hiking for young kids? I think just get them on the outdoors for my kids. It was doing the short little hikes and they get excited um, here in Southern Oregon, you have Lithia park where there's all kinds of little hiking trails and they, there's playgrounds along some of the, the lower ones that, are, that don't go up. There's, you know, you have the parks, the, 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 hiking trail goes through the park and there is a playground there. Like, okay, let's hike the slope park and then we'll stop at the playground kids and you'll play or, you know, maybe there's not a playground. Probably not. Um, Ashland's amazing when it comes to hiking trails and, and doing things for the outdoors. Um. Do a little bit of hiking and say, Okay, there's a spot along this creek or this pond. We're gonna play in it, and then we'll keep hiking. Just get them out in the outdoors. Get them, get kids used to the outdoors. Um, you don't want it to be a, a chore. And also, just understand, especially with younger kids, it, you're you're go, you're not gonna. You, they're gonna have times where they're they have a meltdown. They start crying. They sit their butts on the trail. I'm like, I don't want to go any further. I want an applesauce. You know? And that, that that's any kid. That happens. Mm-hmm. And, and so just be patient and start slow. I'd say the biggest thing. And just instill in your children a love for the outdoors. My my youngest daughter is a freaking genius. And she's going to be like, she might skip a grade. And she's a genius. She was my first hiking buddy. And she has this love for the outdoors and the environment you know she we we go by a creek and she's explaining to me erosion and how it works and why we shouldn't stack rocks I mean she just is educating herself and all this stuff and she's had this love for the outdoors and she has a love for hiking now too now she 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 doesn't like going up you know peaks and stuff though she'll do it She'll do it, and then she'll like. Thank you, Daddy, for making me go on this. She loves hiking along rivers. She loves erosion and rivers and ponds and ecosystems, stuff like that. You know, go go by a creek where the, your kids can see different you know animals and wildlife and plants, and teach them about leave no trace and it's just instill in them a love for the environment and for nature and you know hiking that that'll come. And just get out there. Just get out there. Don't force it though. So that's a lot of yeah. Anyways. Um body glide or just rub some chapstick in the places. Okay, I know what that is. Uh we're talking about chafing. Yes, chafing. Uh, I use powder. I use baby powder, talking powder myself. So that answers that question. Best coffee tips, tricks for backpacking. Best coffee uh, use CS instant coffee. I I would honestly, yeah, CS coffee is great, and then you know, bring your bring your stove and yeah, also instant coffee. In the summer, you can just put it straight in water, cold water, and mix it up, and you have iced coffee, cold coffee. Um, but season's coffee is great because two reasons: one, it's instant. Well, three reasons: one, it's instant; two, it tastes great; um, and three, the packaging biodegrades. And I'm not saying that as because they sponsor the show. I'm saying that because it's legit. Um, I've done the other ones, and they, they're fine. If you you know if you have to use Starbucks via because you're on a trail and that's all you can get, I get it, but um, CSS coffee is definitely worth it. If you are a coffee snob like myself, what are some budget friendly gear options, budget friendly gear options? Wow. Um, so I, I struggle with this one cause there's a lot of cheap gear out there. That's not going to do you any good. But at the same time, if you're just getting into hiking, you're not sure what you, what you, if you even like hiking, you're not sure what works for you. What's not, I wouldn't suggest spending a lot of money. Something like trekking poles, for instance. Trekking poles can get pretty expensive. Uh, My first pair of trekking poles I got from an REI garage sale. What the REI garage sale is, is REI has for its co-op members, which you pay like $20 for a lifetime, and you get a co-op membership, which means then you get kickbacks at the end of the month, or I'm sorry, end of the year. You get these really good coupons at the end of the year. It's really good. Um, I, I, I would suggest, even if you don't shop at REI very often, to have it for the garage sale. Because the garage sale is once a quarter, not during COVID times. They have these gatherings where all their returned items get resold at, you know, deeply discounted rates, uh, anywhere between like 30 and like 90% cutbacks. Cause they have a very, very generous return policy. No questions asked for one calendar year, which I've, I've taken advantage of before uh, because I'm like, you know, this jacket just did not work for me. I take it on two hikes and I'd like to get a different one. It's been, it's been great for me. I've loved it. It's been really, really good for me. Um, so now because of COVID, a lot of REIs are doing a, a in-store permanent garage sale, like a section of their store that they have roped off for members for the used gear. And it's marked just like in the co-op. Um, I'm an REI a lot and I just go, I look over there. They know I'm Andy's just here to look at the garage sale stuff, see what's there and leave. I, mean, I don't need anything else. That's how I discovered a lot of good gear, like, for instance, trekking poles. I never used trekking poles before, and then I went went to the actual event. Where I love the event, the REI Grasso event. You see a lot of people you know from the outdoor community you haven't seen in a while. They're all there. They're all there early. There's excitement about getting in there and finding treasures, you know. And I found a lot of good gear from that and from the new setup they have right now where it's just permanently there. That's not every REI. I know the REI up in Eugene. Because they are their space is so limited, they don't have that, which I get. So look at your REI. If you have a newer, larger REI, um, that's like the store was built to be an REI, not like you know um, retrofit for something else. That's you're probably you probably have that there. So there's that, and then also um, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, used gear, garage sales. Do do as much as that because you know you don't want to be dropping a ton of money if you don't know if you're going to like it or not. So try you stuff. And then if you end up liking it, use that until you can't use it anymore and then buy it, buy it new. That that's my biggest suggestion. Uh, how do you balance family work and hiking? I don't um, no. Um, hiking is a huge part of who I am now. And I, I bring my family along with it, with with me in it. Um, also with working and working in media, a large part of what I do, I'm beginning to do now is with the outdoors i'm doing shooting right now um you know photography where for for a certain municipality they wanted me to go to these particular trails and photograph them and do a write-up on them and they paid me and was glad to do it so hiking is being enveloped into everything family life work life now for so much and the biggest thing, though, is just you know communicate like with with your family. Communicate, okay. So you need me, like for me, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff in the backyard to make it. We have a huge backyard. Um, I talked to my spouse, like, so you, you, what do you need me for to help you with this? What do, what do you need me to plan? Um, when are the kids going to be gone and you're going to be busy so I can go for maybe a quick day hike? Just communication. And with work, you know, it's it's being a freelancer independent contractor it's tough because sometimes you're like you know like i I, I gotta work when i have to work Um, but now i get to do like i said before a lot of work in the outdoors so it's it's just a balance and communication and it's just feeling it out honestly it's tough it's tough um but like i bring my kids along a lot of my hikes um give my spouse a break um, and get to spend time with them so yeah as a fellow plus size hiker do you find that hiking has helped in your body positivity and improved your health outcomes. absolutely. frequently. Um knowing that my body can do things that I never thought as a plus size guy it could do. There's one. Two um since hiking I have lost weight. With that said though, I've tried hiking for the weight loss. I i, I found I said this before it doesn't really work. I am to the point now where I am not trying to lose weight. I'm just wanting to be a holistically healthy individual. That's the best way to put it. So when the, when the, when I get my second vaccine, I'm going to start going back to the gym. Not because I'm trying to get swole or trying to lose weight. It's because, you know what? Going to the gym every day before COVID, as a plus-size guy, as over a 300-pound guy, I went every day. I loved how I felt. I would go to the gym. And, I, and the things so much my workouts – or things I did to improve my hiking, you know, treadmill, um, elliptical. I would do swimming every day. I'd swim every day for my ankles and back, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's so the endorphins bring release. I stopped caring about losing weight and just, I want to be a whole holistically healthy individual and hiking has been key to that. Um, you know, I'm not almost 400 pounds anymore since I started hiking. Absolutely. Um, but I'm still what doctors would consider very overweight, but doctors get mad. <laughs> they take my blood work like, Oh wow. Okay. Your cholesterol's great. Your levels are great. And then the doctors get frustrated. Like, Oh, you're out, you're, 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 exercising every week. You're hiking every, okay. Okay. Well, you're a healthy individual. Um, and they always say, well, you can still stand to lose some weight. And I'm like, yeah, doc, I know. I mean, look at me. So, what well, what modern medicine says is healthy sometimes, honestly, is very frustrating. So yeah. But it, it's helped me in every every holistically health-wise, every every bit. So thank you for asking. It's a great question. Uh, I got a few more here and then we will wrap up. If I didn't get to yours, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, we're getting close to an hour here. Wow. Wowzers. Um, do you feel hiking has had a big effect on another specific part of your life? I think with my kids, it's had a huge effect on my uh, on my relationship with them. Giving, especially my kids who have special needs, it, it, well, even my my daughter who do, who doesn't, um, just it, it's given us something to bond over. It's, it's been very good. Also with my mental health, it's been huge. I've talked a lot about that. So yeah, would you ever consider hosting meetups, group hikes? Yes, when COVID is over, I am all about it. No question. I'm going to be all over that. When are you doing the Tahoe Rim Trail? And talk about the Tahoe Rim Trail. It's another question. I'm doing the Tahoe Rim Trail um, late July, early August, depending on what the snowpack situation. It looks like it's going to be earlier because there wasn't a lot of snow in the Sierras, which is great if you're a hiker. Bad if you live in this region of the country and there's wildfires. Um, so yeah, my dad and I are going to be hiking the Tahoe Rim Trail. We're actually going to talk uh, this weekend, likely about what our plans are. My dad's done a ton of research, done a lot of scouting out there. My dad has a second house um, out in the you know Tahoe area, and so he's out there a lot. He's an avid outdoorsman. He's out there hiking, you know, looking at resupply situations and issues. So yeah, that's coming up here soon. When I, I yeah, that, I'm doing it in late July, early August, likely hiking uh, clockwise. It's 171 miles. Um, I know I've had my plans of what I want to do, but I'm like, oh, wait, I need to talk to my dad about this before. I'm like, oh, I want to do this, 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 and this. I haven't even talked about clockwise or I haven't even talked to him about clockwise or counterclockwise yet. I would like to go clockwise. So but when I when I have more stuff about that, I'll talk about it. I'm super excited about it. Um, Have you ever or do you plan to go hiking outside of the U.S.? Uh, absolutely. Canada, of course, that's outside the U.S. Um, but and it also says love from Sweden um my i would love to do hiking all throughout europe there's this one trail in france that that goes from the atlantic ocean over the mediterranean i'd love to do uh, just a lot of day hikes i mean i, I i've done a, a little bit of what maybe people may consider hiking when i was in poland they were just really walks in the woods um back in my early 20s uh yeah i would love to go out and do some major hiking in new zealand oh gosh new zealand new zealand's a huge one for me but also you, you, all over Europe. Gorgeous. Amazing. Like to get up in the mountains of Canada. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to. Um, I want to move from my iPhone four picture taking to a lighter camera for multi way for multi-day hikes. Ideas. Um, best camera is always the one you have on you though. I understand with the iPhone four that, that that's an older phone. So it has some limitations. Um, Light wise, you know, your phone's really for most people it works. Get it, you know, get a newer iPhone, get an iPhone 10, 11, 12. That'll be huge. Um, if you're looking for an actual camera, I would say any Canon PowerShot would work for a lot of people. Um, the Canon T series, the Canon T7 would be great. Going mirrorless, I actually think going mirrorless, a Canon M50, uh, it's lightweight, it's more of a prosumer camera, impression consumer camera. Super lightweight. Um, it's not going to break the bank. It's going to cost you with a kit lens about 550 bucks. It's what I use for most hikes. Um, you get some professional grade stuff coming out of there. I also bring, like, um, I bring a, a lot of times like on these hikes I'm doing for for hire with photography. I'm, I'm taking a Canon um, 80D with me as well. Um, so yeah, but the best camera is the one you have with you always. Always, always, always. So, with that, that's the last question I'm gonna answer. It's been wow, it's been almost an hour. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you ever have any questions of me, don't be afraid to email me andy at hikerpodcast.com. I would love to answer your questions and uh just you know talk and chat, guest ideas, whatever. Um, and just thank you for being awesome to me, showing me love, showing this this podcast love. If you want all the different ways to listen, go to hikerpodcast.com. Connect with me on Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. Um, yeah, so there's that. I didn't get into a lot of questions about plus size. Um, there's a lot of questions about plus size clothing. Um, I will just say this I wear mostly Columbia because they have it. Um, but I'm talking a lot, um, I talked a lot with Ash, um, Ashley Manning about that in the last episode, and we're going to have, uh, Jenny Brusso from Unlikely Hikers here on in a few weeks, and I'm going to talk about that with her as well. So I kind of saved that for that, saved those questions for that. But also, clothing is also extremely personal, so what works for you may not work for me. <laughs> with that said, guys, thank you so much for your questions, for listening, for being awesome to me. Um... Yeah, go to hikerpodcast.com for all the different ways to listen and to follow us on social medias. We do have a Facebook group. Uh, you can join. Just search Hiker Podcast in groups on Facebook. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsors, CSS Coffee and Canuck Outdoors. Links are in the description of this episode. And if you'd like to support the show on Patreon, link is in this episode as well, or go to hikerpodcast.com. Guys, thank you so much. And remember, the outdoors and hiking is for everyone. Make sure you leave no trace. Have fun this weekend. Have fun this summer and spring hiking season and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the hiker podcast and if this is being lost then may I never be found I'm still alive.